Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence over every one of us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, give someone next to you a hug. Make them feel loved. That's nice. Nice bit of loving. Praise the Lord. Praise God. That was fun. Thank you to all the actors and artists. There's so much going on. Look at this fantastic painting here. It's awesome. I'm just loving all this art. I feel so inspired and excited. Very, very fun. I love that skit. Some of those, of course, were real questions that I've been asked over the years. (laughs) It's always fun finding the right answers. So this morning we are looking. It's Mother's Day and it's Creative Month. So I'm going to speak about creative parenting. Very excited to speak about God, our incredible Father who is so creative and I want to be inspired by him as a mother and I want us all to be inspired in our parenting. So if you're a mother or a father, obviously this makes sense and perhaps some of you are not mothers or fathers to a, your own physical baby but there are children everywhere. If you want to be a parent, you can be a parent. It's just nurturing giving relationships and there's so many opportunities for that to be involved with. Here in our church, there's children everywhere, whether it's in children's church, whether you're a teacher or in your life, you might be a godparent or an auntie. So I just want us to think about how to be creative in our relationships and in particular in those relationships where we're giving and we're nurturing and we're loving. So creative parenting. Let's look at what God does as a creative father. Praise God. First of all, in the beginning, God created. Eleanor preached so well on this last week. God is love. So in the beginning, love created. Love created a beautiful place. And this is my first point in creative parenting and being a mum, a dad, a nurturer, is that we are people who create a beautiful place. It's a gift to the eyes and the hearts and the souls of those who live with us or those who come and be with us. And I want to encourage us to think about how fantastic God made this earth and how awesome it is and how we should be like him and to be sure that we first of all enjoy it. Have you taken a walk lately? Have you looked at the stars? Do you know how to tell south from the Southern Cross? Can you see Venus? Have you been out and picked up a feather and just felt it on your face? So soft. Have you looked at the birds? Have you seen how awesome and amazing creation is? And God's done all this for us. Let's be sure to enjoy it. And it's so clear what he's like when we see what he's created. The Bible says this in the message, Romans 1.19, open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look At what God has created, people have always been able to see his eternal power and the mystery of his divine being. Open your eyes and look. 
Enjoy what he's done. He loves colour. He likes variety. He likes stillness. He likes noise. He's very organised. He's very scientific. He's very creative. We see that. And so the earth radiates this beauty and we need to be encouraged to do the exact same thing, to see his beauty and recreate it. Don't miss out on enjoying his beauty. Don't miss out on it because there's so much all the time. We can just not notice how wonderful these things are. This is nice to see Sarah Samuel Love here acting away. She's a very talented girl, this girl, isn't she? She is also the curator of the um, museum the, at Gosford, uh, Gosford Art Gallery. So go along and check out the art there. And I just want to share with you that I have lived on the Central Coast for 20 years or more. And I have been to that art gallery many, many times, sometimes to see the art. Actually, I have gone in to see the art. Uh, I have also gone in to see... Prime Ministers, I've gone in and had lunch there, we've done weddings in the Japanese gardens. I've been in that place many, many times. And I have to say, never that impressed with the art. Always thought it was, I mean, it was good, a little bit scrappy. The best was, of course, Chris Dewar's, um, I I like that. No, no, Chris was like, oh, thanks. No, yours was good. Yours was good and I bought some of Chris's art. I love Chris's art. I'm a big supporter of Chris's art. It really blesses me. And that was great. And I enjoyed it as I do. But sometimes it's it's okay. Anyway, the other day I had bought, having gone to Chris's, um, what's it called? Exhibition. Thank you. You can say I'm an artist. Having gone to Chris's exhibition, bought an art, I went to the art gallery to pick it up and I noticed some doors. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what they are. I wonder. And I thought, can you, are you allowed in here? So I went into the doors and inside those doors was the art gallery. I have literally never, ever been in there. I didn't know that was the art gallery. The whole time I went to that art gallery, all I was looking at was the foyer. That was it. And as it turned out, Chris's exhibition was in the foyer and some of the exhibitions are in the foyer, but often they just put in little bits and local ones or even school ones regularly. I've seen school ones and I always thought, okay, guys. So I walk in, I go, oh, my goodness, this is the art gallery with several large rooms and massive paintings and I'm like... I have never been in here. This is the art gallery. And I was just, I just thought it was the funniest thing. And I said to Sarah when she said she curated that play, that was her job. And I used to think, big job, you know, like two more. I didn't really think that. I thought, I guess there's a lot involved, but I've been in there and there's just been school kids paintings there. I'm like, go Sarah, get those school kids. And then there's this fabulous art gallery. And I'm just like, I just couldn't believe it. 20 years, I've never, ever actually been into the art gallery. I I just, I still can't believe it, actually. And I think of all that art I've missed. And I've gone in to look at the art. That's the thing. It's just, I never knew. And I want to say to you, are you doing that? Are you actually missing out on all this glory and all this beauty? Are you living in the world and just walking through the foyer, not noticing all the beauty that God has Put around, it says, open your eyes. Clearly, most of the world does this. Clearly. Because the Bible says that if you will just look at what he has created, you will know that he is God, that he exists, that he is God, that he has done something beautiful. His qualities will be clear to you. So most people aren't looking at it because a lot of people aren't following God. And I went into that art gallery. There was no question in my brain that there was an artist. I mean, you know, that didn't just happen by the explosion of paint you have explosion of paint, you have a mess. Let's just be clear about that. So 
Beauty is very refreshing. It's very lovely. And Christians have always done beauty well, and let's continue to do it, and let's create a beautiful place. Let's make our homes beautiful. It's really important to have a beautiful home. The Queen of Sheba came to see Solomon, and she came to look at his home in 1 Kings 10.3. And it says she was stunned by his wisdom. She asked him questions, and he was so wise. But then it says that she went in and she saw his home. She saw the food. She saw the way his servants were seated, the clothes that they were wearing, and the, and the way that they served. And she found those things very profound and very beautiful. And it's really interesting, Bill Johnson points out in, in one of his books about beauty, that these points were pointed out. It said she was stunned by his wisdom, but the things that they pointed out were not sort of his wise words about the nature of life or his philosophical musings, but the way his servants served food, the way he, the way he set his table, the way it looked. And, and so often these mundane things, we think, oh, they're just the mundane things. That's not the finer art. But that was what stunned her, that even in these little things, he took great care and made them beautiful and wonderful. And so I want to encourage us all, even in those things of life, in those, the way that we do our family world, the way we create our homes, the little things, the care, the beauty, it's just, it just brings glory to God. It brings glory to God. It brings glory to people's hearts. And it speaks to people. To bring people into your home and it's, it's beautifully done, it's tidy and they look at these, oh, look at that little thing or look at this or, oh, that, I love the way you've done the, the napkins or it, it all ministers. God created a beautiful place. Let's be inspired by the beauty that he has created and just realise that these unexciting parts of life can be just as beautiful and they're just as important in homemaking, in making the children's ministry look good. The youth room looks fantastic. You know, there's, there's care being taken in little bits and pieces so people feel that blessing when they go in. A few hundred years ago, Prince Vladimir the Great, who was Ukrainian from Kiev, but they, that, at that time that they ruled most of Russia, um, there were some Christians, they were pagans, but there were Christians in, in Russia at that time and some of them were martyred, two of them in particular, and Prince Vladimir thought a great deal about religion after that and about those particular Christians, but just generally about religion. So he sent delegations to examine the religions of the neighbouring country so he could choose a religion for his people. And so one of the delegations went to Constantinople and they said, they led us to the place where they worship their God. Now, Constantinople was, had become Christian. So this was now a Christian place and they were building beautiful temples. He says, We knew not whether we were in heaven or earth, for on earth there is no such vision nor beauty and we did not know how to describe it. We only know that God dwells there among the people. We cannot forget that beauty. As a result, they decided to become Christians and Prince Vladimir decided Christianity was the right religion for Russia and the Ukraine. And they all, they all got, they, you know, I mean... You know, they've got a few issues sometimes to work through with their religion, of course, but they became Christians because they went into the churches and they said, God is here. It's so beautiful. It's so amazing. And, they, and that's why they became Christians. They said, we, we cannot forget that beauty. And it's true. The more godliness there is in a place, the more beautiful it is. And there's beauty with wisdom. We, we have, 
Now, we don't necessarily build our cathedrals as big as that because now society is asking to see a beauty that's more simple, that kind of extravagance. We've it's kind of done that to some extent and now people are saying, are we going to spend that? So it's that balance of finding beauty and making something beautiful. In here, this beautiful courtyard, it's stunning, it's beautiful, it's not as magnificent, some of those cathedrals, and we can still do that, but, but we'll make this beautiful and make a place where people will see. Isaiah 61 it says he sent me, he, he anointed me, he's anointed me, and it's a list of all the things that he's called me to do. In fact, I left my Bible here, so I'll just quickly get it. Isaiah 61. Praise God. This speaks to, of Jesus, but it speaks to us also. The Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, the opening of prison to those who are bound. They proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. All these are very important, wonderful things. And then to console, to comfort people. And then this, to give them beauty for ashes, to, to bring beauty into their life in all its various ways. And so that's what we do in our homes. We create a beautiful place to live and a beautiful home for our children, a beautiful place for our ministry. The Bible says in Proverbs 14.1, A wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. So a wise woman builds a beautiful home. A wise mum is building beautiful, like Erin was saying, making those bedrooms lovely, doing creative things. Proverbs 24.4, through wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So it's great to fill our home up with beautiful treasures for people to be blessed and to see God. So God creates a beautiful place. We create a beautiful place. We copy God. Number two, God creates creative solutions. Part of being a parent, create a nice place, discipline, yay. Solutions, let's call it wise solutions. There are, there's sin and there's issues and we need to figure out how to solve them and we can be creative in that. And I want to encourage us in our relationships, in our parenting, in our different nurturing relationships to be creative. Here's just a few of the unusual ways that God disciplines his children. Ezekiel, I want you to draw a picture of, of Jerusalem on a tile, build a model of a military siege that's having a little war against that tile, that brick, and then put an iron um, plate down on its side. Then I want you to lie on your side for 390 days to represent the sin of the people of Israel and look at that little model that you've just built. So once you've finished that, lie on your other side for the sin of Judah. And that wasn't quite as long. It was 49 days. So I'm like, that's a, that's a very unusual approach to discipline, don't you think? Can you imagine if I said that, babe? Ellen has just been so naughty. So what I'm going to do is, just so she knows that she's going to be punished by God, I'm going to lie on my side in her bedroom and I'm going to draw a picture of, I don't know, her room or something and then I'm going to lie on my side. She's been naughty and I'm just going to stay there all day. And he had food he had to eat too because it was a long time. And so Ellen would come in, what are you doing, mum? I'm lying on my side. Why? Because you've been so naughty and, and you will see that judgment will come. Okay, that's really, isn't that weird? Like God does some weird things, but because it's in the Bible, you think, yeah. But, but when you actually sort of think about it, it's odd. And then, the, and then he said, now get your beard, 
This is Ezekiel. Ezekiel was out there. He was obviously up for these weird things. I want you to cut your beard in three parts. All right, one part you're going to throw in the wind to show them this. Another part you're going to burn it. And another part you're going to get your sword and chop, 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 chop into tiny little bits so that they get the idea, I've had enough, I'm really angry. So there's another approach to discipline. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to, I'm really cross with you kids, so I'm going to cut my hair off. I'm going to chop it up into bits and throw it in the wind. And I'll go, okay, mum. See, God is so creative with his discipline. I mean, really. Okay, so another guy, he's being really stubborn, doesn't want to say the right thing. So he's riding along on a donkey. Fine, I'll get the donkey to tell you you've been stubborn. That's a cool one. Get the dogs to tell the kids. Dogs, go on, go on, attack the kids. Tell the kids they're naughty. There's another one. Use the animals. A burning bush. That's unusual. Let's speak to him through a burning bush. Again, translate into your family. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to, I'm going to set this tree on fire. What are you doing, mum? I'm setting this tree on fire. I want to speak to you. Okay. <laughs> Can you put it out? Yes, I will, as long as you're listening to me. I'll put the fire out. Or I could just put them in prison. Let's just send Joseph to prison forever. That's, I mean, that's more obvious, but still, it was a long time in prison. Or how about this one? I, I need you to go and, um, this is a pastor, so let's say, I need you to go and speak to someone. They're, they're having problems, so you're a connect group leader. Can you go and speak to them? I don't want to. You really need to go and speak to them. They've got problems. I don't want to. Well, if you don't go and speak to them, I'm going to put you in the Pacific Ocean. I'm going to get a shark to eat you. Okay, I'll go, Ruth. That's what God did. Okay, Jonah, can you go and speak to them, please? I don't want to. Can you go and speak to them? I don't want to. All right, fine. I'm going to get a whale to eat you. It's like, <laughs> that's creative. Like, I was just having so much fun with thinking about the way that God is disciplined his children. He's very creative. He doesn't just go there, you're naughty, smack, you're naughty, smack, you're naughty, smack. He's thinking all the time about how can I get through to people? How can I get through to you? And this is what we need to do. We need to be thinking. Another time he just jumped out of the bush and started wrestling with someone. Okay, let's, come on, let's fight. Come on, come on, come on. And, then, and, and, and he just wrestled with him all night long. And, and then, of course, there's the classic name change. I love the name chain. change. Hi, g'day. What, Simon, is it? Hi, Simon. I'm going to call you Peter. <laughs> Imagine if you came into the church. Hello. Hello, Catherine. How are you? Catherine, can we go with uh, Abigail? I'm going to change your name. Okay, this is the first time you met him. Just change their name. So God is very creative in his discipline. And let me encourage you all in your relationships to be creative. How am I going to get through to this co-worker? How am I going to get through to this kid? Teachers, I'm sure you're good at this. Please be good at this. I ask you to be for the sake of our children because they need discipline. The Bible says this. In Hebrews, it says, no discipline is pleasant but painful, but afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And I thought about that. No discipline is pleasant. It's painful. And therein, my friends, lies the problem with modern discipline. It's not painful, so it doesn't work. My little boys go to Lizero Public, which is a lovely school, and when they're naughty, they get a level. A level is nothing. It's a level. It's not even a bad word, is it? It's not even called a black spot because oh, that, oh, that might hurt them if it's black. It's not, a, it's not a naughty strike. It's not even a detention. It's a level. So what does it mean when you get a level? Nothing. It means you get a level. You go home and, you, and after the end of term, not even on the day, at the end of term, your child got five levels. 
okay? It's just disastrous. It doesn't work because it doesn't hurt them. No discipline is pleasant but painful. If the discipline isn't painful, it doesn't work because they don't care. That discipline would only work for a very good and sweet little girl who didn't like maybe Hannah Dewar. I think it might work for her. I don't think Hannah Dewar would like getting a level. Oh, mummy, I've got levels. I feel terrible that there's levels. Um, there's um, there's a, a register at the school that says I've got levels. But for most boys, they don't care less. Once they figure out a level's meaningless, it's like, I don't care. You can put all the levels you want down there. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And that's because in modern society, we've taken the idea of pain out of discipline because we, we don't want to hurt the little sweethearts. So, so then there's no, there's no pain. Now, if you're a sweet little girl and you feel terrible at the idea of having a list that says that you've got levels, well, that might work. But that's not creative. Can you be creative in your discipline like God? Jump out of the bush and wrestle them. That might work with some boys. Get, send the kids to be swallowed by a whale. That might work. But please don't just give them levels. Is anyone from the Zero Public here? I love them, but please. So... Creative solutions. Here's a few. They won't make their beds? Take away the bedding. Let them sleep on the mattress. They uh, won't pick up their clothes? Sell them all to Vinnie's. They put their clothes in a box in the garage randomly? Give them to Vinnie's. Yes, I did it. I didn't know. I'm cleaning up. There's a whole... Mum? Mum, where are my clothes? All those clothes that I put away for winter. What clothes? I put them in a box in the garage. I was cleaning out the garage. What? They're all gone. Hold on. Don't leave your clothes in the garage. There's the lesson learned. She's never done it again. I gave them a very big box of clothes away. They won't turn the lights off. Take out the light bulbs. You can use a torch. Get them to do push-ups. Stand to attention. That works well for my boys. Stand to attention. Like, no, I don't want to. Come on. I've got Hudson to train them how to do it. Like properly. Feet like this. Everything. That works really. It works a treat. Get them to stand to attention. The kids are fighting, make them do something together. Or, of course, in my dad's day, if the boys were fighting, right, you're fighting boys, right, get the boxing gloves, come and do it properly then. That's what they did at, that's what they did at Shore in the old days. If they were boys were having a fight, they gave them boxing gloves and taught them how to do it properly. I thought that's a great idea. But here's another idea. If they're fighting, get them to clean windows on either side, one on one side, one on the other. And then they'll just start laughing. They'll get over it. Or I used to get them to give each other a kiss. But they had to kiss somewhere decently that they'd never kissed each other before. So come on, make up, now kiss, kiss each other. Somewhere you've never done it before and then they'd oh, I'm going to kiss you on here. It was hilarious. So they used to laugh about that. Um, get them, they say something rude, get them to hold their tongue. Literally. Hold their tongue. Keep holding it, keep holding it. Uh, my dad famously said, finish your meal. I didn't finish it, chucked it in the sink. Came to the sink. Ruth. What's that? I don't know, Dad. Is that your food? Yes. So now it's in the sink with all the water and all the other goo that's in the sink. And he went. He said, I said to eat your dinner and you will finish it. (laughs) I ate my dinner. Yeah, come on, John. Yeah, I ate it. I ate it. And I never threw my dinner out into the sink again. Never. One, here's one that I tried with my boy Keelan who when we first got him had these terrible tantrums and I just, they were just like from another planet tantrums. I tried everything. But this one really works. You've got to be creative. Okay, how can I get to this kid? And it's hard when they're not your own kids. But a lot of you are dealing with kids that are not your own kids. Teachers, you're dealing with kids that are not your own kids. You don't, I, I knew my own kids. I kind of knew their brains a bit better. This kid, how do I? So he's, he's freaking out and he used to freak out. I say, right, 
here's some paper. Here's a pen. You are now going to draw down this tantrum. He goes, huh? I go, yes, draw it. She went, fine. I went, fine, draw it. And he went, it's the angriest drawing you've ever seen in your life. I got the drawing and I went, that's pretty good, actually. I said, it's very angry. I like this real aggressive streak here. I mean, it's very angry, isn't it? He went, yeah. I went, it's very good for anger. Let's put that there for anger. I went, I'll try again. Try again, another one. He goes, all right. And the next one was not quite so angry. And we just kept going and going and going. He just drew the whole thing out. It was fantastic. I thought, this is awesome. And by the end, he was drawing these kind of interesting concepts of, you know, forgiveness and handling things and creative solutions to discipline. Let's be like God. Let's figure out how to do it, how to work through. And we have to think, we have to pray. And God will show us so many wonderful ideas. Let's not just be boring and do the same thing over and over again. Aaron was telling me with um, young Raiden, who responds to mechanical kind of things, that they've he, at the age of seven, he started to build a car, which is just, just fantastic and drove away. Yeah. Bye. So, you know, obviously Simon and the, the Harrison family, they're all good with, with all that kind of thing. And so, you know, Raiden loved it. He used a welder and a grinder. Now you might think, you know, he's not up for it, but that's the thing. You know, you, you, it's creative. You know what they can handle. And it was, and, they, and then they used it. For, we love that. Loves that more than reading, from what I can gather. But and so then their discipline would be: well, if you're naughty, no, no, you won't be doing the car. No car tonight. So he'd miss out. a couple of days. You know, he'd miss out on the car. And that was the punishment. That was painful because he liked doing it. So he'd miss out on the car. And of course, eventually he finished the car, and now he drives all around Gunnedah with it. So all I can say is stay away from Gunnedah. But you know, <laughs> creative solutions. So in relationships, you know, some of us, our skill is not so physical like this that we draw, but some of us are very good with these creative solutions and I encourage you to use them. Some people are fantastic in all of this and if you don't feel like you've got a solution for these relationship issues you've got, ask someone, say, what can I do? And, you know, I get that with some mums, what do I do with this one? And we go, and you get ideas, try this, and they often work. So let's be creative in our solutions Holiness is beautiful. Isaiah, Psalm 96, 9 says, Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So when we are helping people to be holy, we are creating beauty. Isn't that a lovely thought? When you are being creative in your solutions of how to help people through their issues, you are creating beauty. You are creating a painting and it's called a, a person. And that is just awesome. And Paul said that, you're, you're my masterpiece. And Jesus called, God, God says to us that we are his masterpiece. So relationships are extremely creative and extremely beautiful and, they, and creating holiness and helping young people to come to a place of holiness is creating beauty. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing a, a beautiful, happy, wonderful child who's in, disciplined and creative and, and fulfilling their destiny. So creative solutions and discipline and then of course as mums and dads as as people who are loving we we have creative love and we look we think about how can I bless this person how can I love them is it is it breakfast in bed but but maybe not let's let's keep the creativity coming in love you know in all of our relationships if it's just the same old same old oh here's a flower here's a then it's lost its creativity we've got to constantly go what can I do? If you've been married, what can I, you know, for a while, what can I do that's different? How can I love them in a, in a fresh new way? 
And that's what God does. He loves to, to think of fun ways to love, different, different ways to do things. So think about that. Think about fun ways to make the kids happy. Fun ways to, you know, we used to put a trampoline, we put a trampoline under the window in one of our houses. So the kids would get up to the window and it wasn't a huge, it wasn't like the second floor. It was the first floor, but it wasn't straight on the ground. It was a little bit of a jump. Anyway, they used to love it. They used to jump out the window onto the trampoline and then the the jump would be kind of big. So they go, you see them flying up, you know, it's fun. And uh, people would come visit and go, oh, your children are jumping out. Because they're only little, you know, they're jumping out the window. I go, yeah, there's a trampoline there. It's all right. And they go, okay, I don't know about that. But the kids loved it. It was, it was fun and creative. Knit and sew them and make them things and cook for them. Just how can I, what's your love language? How can I love you? How can I bless you? The Bible says that, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. James 1.19 Oh, God has given us so many good things because he loves us, just because he loves us. He's, he's, he's creative in how he blesses us. And you find that, don't you? Don't you sometimes find that God has just given you something fun or, or affirmed to you that something's good? I've just, I feel like God's just given me honey lately. I've got this absolute thing about honey. I'm so excited because I've got a really sweet tooth and I always have. And I've struggled with it because I always felt a little bit kind of guilty about it. You know, it'd be better if I didn't eat any sweet and all the healthy people don't eat sweet. And then the whole anti-sugars thing is just huge at the moment. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But then, um, but then I was just reading, you know, I don't know how I got onto it, but it says there's a scripture and it says, Proverbs twenty four thirteen, My son, eat honey because it's good and the honeycomb which is sweet to your taste. And I was just like, eat honey. It says, eat honey. It's it's. It's almost like a command, isn't it? He says, eat honey. It's good. Honeycomb is sweet. So God is basically saying, sweet is good. Honeycomb is good. Honey is good. I was so thrilled when I went there. I went, yeah, and you know what? I'm so excited because then I went and did all my research. And like, you know, I know they kind of over-engineer sugar a little bit. But at the end of the day, originally it's from a sugar cane. So, I mean, if you really want to get fussy about it, you can get your rapidura sugar, you know, natural sugar or whatever. Because obviously food's better the least processed it is. But still, I think the same applies to sugar. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's not that bad. And mainly also when you do the research, it's, this is what they say. Because honey, they don't like honey either. They say, no, honey's bad. Honey's like 40% fructose. And sugars are fit, like table sugar is fifty percent fructose, so they're both bad. They've got fructose in them, and I was so excited because I just went, "Guess what?" I was reading on the internet. You're wrong, because the Bible says honey is good. Tobe, honey is good, which means fructose is good. Huh. I was so satisfied. I was just like, "You're wrong. You're wrong. 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 Wrong." Go the fructose. God made fructose and fructose is good for you. If God says it's good, it's good and everything. That's why he said in James, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from heaven. And there's just these boring people that want to say, you can't eat sugar, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you know what happens to all you people? You go, right, no sugar, no honey, no this, no that, no this, no this, I can't do this, I can't do this. You know what happens? You go into your little box. And you know what they do? They explode. They all explode because you can't live like that. You go crazy. So eat honey. 
It's good. It's good. Fructose is good. Eat sugar too if you want. Probably not as good as honey, but I'm sure it's fine. I'm just saying that because that's one of the ways that God loves us. He gives us things because he loves us. And then crazy Christians go, no, we're not going to do that because we're holier than God. So we're not going to have honey and, and we're going to forbid marriage and we're going to, you're not allowed to do this and, and, and sex is bad and, and this is bad. And then, and then we've got no fun. God's creative in his love. He's designed all these things for us to have fun. He loves us. And honey is good. So enjoy the sweet of this life. There's plenty of issues, but then we go back to point two, creative solutions. <laughs> but enjoy the love that he wants to give us and wants to, to bless us with. Enjoy your honey. Enjoy, enjoy it all. And, of course, God's very wise because later on he says, if you find honey, don't eat too much. Because if you eat too much, then you'll vomit. So, you see, God's got it all covered in the Bible. Honestly, he knows everything. So, of course, we don't overdo it. And then, of course, to finish on with the creative love, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called sons of God? The most creative, most extraordinary solution, the most incredible demonstration of love is that he gave his son he died for us and if you've ever tried to explain christianity at its core to someone from another religion it's extremely creative solution even there because most religions just say here's the list this is what you're supposed to do do it if you don't do it you go to hell or you come back as an ant so be good you know be good christianity is like so My son's going to come and he's going to die and he's going to take on him all the sin of the world. And then if you accept him into your heart, that means that you're forgiven and all your sins have gone because they've been buried with Christ. And then you get to start again. So now you are good on the inside. You might still do bad things, but you are good. And so you can live a great life in his righteousness. It's actually quite, it's like, waha. It's quite complex. And creative and amazing because it works. And it's incredibly loving because we get to be good, but we didn't get to die. It's beautiful. God's so creative in his love, so creative. Praise God. Come on, let's pray. I want everyone to shut your eyes. And I have a vision I want to share with you. And I just want you to hold your hands out. And what I see is that just as Chris Dewar painted on that white board, God's going to paint on you right now. And he's going to paint on you solutions and answers. And you're going to be painted with his glory and his beauty. And I want you to see that paintbrush going down your face painting around your eyes so that they glow, going around your mouth. He's putting beauty for ashes. There's some dark ashes and dark spots in your life. He's painting over that. As you put out your hands, he's painting solutions on every finger for your work, for your parenting, for your teaching, for your nurturing. There's solutions. And your hands will give those solutions. He's painting all over your torso. See that? Your legs are like pillars, strong and beautiful. 
I see him painting on you strength in your legs so that you can run and not grow weary and you can walk and not faint. There's healing in your legs and your feet. He's painting such beauty, such beauty. And you will go out with those feet and you will share that gospel. And you'll share the beauty of God. You are an artwork. You're amazing. But you're more amazing when God has put his touch, his creative, amazing touch over your whole life. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.